The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. You know, it's spring break right around the corner. Police are reminding parents to be aware of what your kids are doing and who they're hanging out with. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Erica Brennis. The Kyle Police Department says fentanyl dealers are getting younger and younger, and they're using teens to help distribute lethal drugs because of their connection. As KXAN Sarah Alshay explains, this comes after a teenager was arrested and accused in a deadly overdose of a 14-year-old Hayes CISD student. Teenagers. Kyle Police Chief Jeff Barnett says they are both the distributors and victims in fentanyl overdoses in Hayes County. We are seeing young people as, as young as 14 uh, to the young adult age of 18, 19 be part of the distribution ring. The most recent arrest involved 18-year-old Juvenal Flores Sanchez. A joint operation with the Kyle Police Department and the San Marcos Police Department recently resulted in the arrest of an 18-year-old who knowingly sold fentanyl-related products to uh, teenagers in our area. According to an affidavit, a 14-year-old student went to Evo Entertainment in Kyle on January 2nd. Court documents say once there, social media messages show the teenager met with Sanchez to purchase drugs. The next day, the student died from a fentanyl overdose. Chief Barnett says drug dealers are using teens to help distribute these lethal drugs because of their connections. Their classmates or former classmates so they're selling to a younger generation and perhaps these are people that they knew from school or they've seen from other sporting events. Since the starting fentanyl investigations last summer, Chief Barnett says three people, including Sanchez, have been arrested, all of them under the age of 21. And with spring break around the corner, he wants to remind parents to have a plan for their teens who may be home alone. They tell you they're going to go spend time with friends, invest the time and effort to know who those friends are. Check on them regular, regular throughout the day. You know, make sure you're making contact with them, you're hearing back from them. Sarah Alsha, KXAN News. Now Sanchez was charged with delivery of a controlled substance and manufacturing and delivering of that substance. And according to Hayes County Jail records, he was released the day after he was arrested. KXAN reached out to the Hayes County DA's office to find out if he could face additional charges, but we have not heard back yet. This is not just a local problem. In North Texas, police in Carrollton say drug dealers in their 20s are selling fentanyl-laced pills to students. They recently arrested three people following a series of overdoses involving students ages 13 to 17. Digging deeper in the 90s, Texas had another deadly overdose problem, teenagers dying from taking heroin. The affluent North Texas city of Plano gained the reputation for high rates of heroin overdoses between 1995 and 1999. That was a crisis that sparked a national conversation and even an MTV special. Arizona State University researchers found one of the challenges was the police department's record keeping system. It didn't do a good job of logging incidents if no criminal charges were filed. And then after public outcry, public uh, police rather from Plano formed a collaborative response with the community and with federal authorities. First warning weather. 
with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Wednesday morning. We begin with a live look outside. It is a very quiet and mild start to your day. We appreciate you kicking off your Wednesday with us, and we appreciate those listening to our podcast this morning. Welcome aboard. As far as the Palms Car Wash camera goes, there's going to be a little cloud cover up there, but you'll notice the current temperature is reading 68 degrees. Everybody nice and comfortable in those low to upper 60s this morning. And these temperatures aren't too far from what you felt yesterday. If anything, maybe one to two degrees warmer than where we were 24 hours ago. This trend is going to continue today. We are looking at a very comfortable afternoon as far as the temperatures go. Still dealing with humidity, though. It's courtesy of that southerly flow sitting on top of us with some of that humidity, stable atmosphere overnight. Occasionally, we see a little bit of fog develop. Now, as you can tell, the visibility looks okay area-wide. Not seeing anything in the way of dense or widespread fog, but this could change. Got a little bit of some low visibility starting to contour in that northeastern corner of Travis County. I will watch that closely for you throughout the morning. But for the planner, we're going from the 60s to the 70s, the 80s. Today, 82, the forecast high underneath that mostly cloudy sky. What am I focused on in your forecast? Well, I've got two cold fronts to tell you about. A brief cool down coming between now and this weekend. And when we could potentially sort of maybe kind of see some rain. I've got the details on that coming up in your first morning forecast. Okay, Kristen, thank you. We could learn more today about a close call when it comes to the Austin Airport on the runway. The Austin Airport Advisory Committee is meeting today and they're talking about that scare that happened just last month. Traffic control cleared a FedEx plane to land right as a Southwest Airlines plane got cleared to take off. The National Transportation Safety Board says the cargo plane decided to circle around after seeing the Southwest plane approaching the end of the runway. It's unclear yet how close the two planes actually got to each other. Lighting improvements are coming to the area where Rainy Street meets Ladybird Lake. The changes come at the request of loved ones of people found dead in or near the lake. A memo from the Austin Parks and Rec Department revealed it plans to install four temporary solar lighting poles by Friday. They'll go up near the trail and boat launch area just west of I-35. The most recent death in the area was Jason John. His body was pulled from the lake after a night out with friends along Rainy Street. Why the population changes in Leander may be causing the school district there to close two of its schools. Leaders of the NFL believe the future looks a lot more female. Good morning, everyone. A live look outside from the Palms Car Wash. See right there on this Wednesday, March the 8th. Kristen is back with a look at your forecast to let you know what that is going to look like. And is it a good day to get the car wash? We'll check with her coming up in just the next few minutes. First, Leander ISD needs to decide if it should close two of its schools. This comes at a time when the population is booming in one part of town and then dwindling in another part. The district's long-range plan looks at development for the next decade. It shared the ideas with parents last night. Part of this plan has the potential to consolidate some existing classrooms and then repurpose other campuses. Parents organized a petition asking the district to wait two years to even three years before making any changes like this. We need to just put the brakes on this because, again, we're our first year out of COVID, really, and the first year that families get to see what is a post-COVID Leander ISD look like. The district says right now four to five campuses have the potential to be repurposed. Now, Pflugerville ISD teachers got some good news for you this morning. You're going to get a huge pay raise very soon. It could happen, and in some cases, up to $21,000. The district is the first in Central Texas that is now part of the state's teacher incentive, rather, 
allotment program. So it's an incentive program. 88 teachers recognized by the district as high performing are eligible for that big raise. A shortage of nurses all across Texas, the plan that could help with staffing concerns. An historic black church intentionally set on fire here in Austin, how it now plans to move forward. Austin FC went to the Dominican Republic on Tuesday night and things did not go as planned. I've got more on that plus interesting reaction coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Austin FC will take on Violette from Haiti next Tuesday in leg two of the CONCACAF Champions League tournament. Leg one in the Dominican Republic last night. It's aggregate score, so that means the match matters, but even what you do in a losing effort matters. So Austin FC considered a heavy favorite, didn't have some of their top players. Josh Wolf wanted to keep them at home like Sebastian Triussi and Alex Ring attacked there, no goal. And then Violette. From Haiti, they couldn't even host the match. Their country is in so much unrest, they didn't know if they would be able to have a team to get to the Dominican Republic. Another FC chance, Rodney Redis wide. And then, this is not a replay. This is the second goal, identical. Same side, same header, and it's two to nothing. So now you start rethinking, well, maybe you can't win it, but boy, you want to get some goals. And, well, another opportunity kind of slips away. Diego Fagundes misses Maxi Aruti. So you start the second half. Certainly Austin FC could get back in it. Instead, just the opposite. And this one's painful for FC. The own goal by Amro Tarek. Now it's three to nothing. Desperate to get a goal just to make things a little bit easier next Tuesday at Q2. Another chance. Another miss. So they lose three to nothing. Some of the top players not there. And Josh Wolf said that should not have mattered. I take responsibility for not having these guys mentally in the right space. CONCACAF is a different animal. We talked about it. We tried to emphasize it. We have some of that experience inside the group, but I have to create more tension in their mind and understanding what this game's going to look about look like. You know, it's it's going to be combative. It's going to be difficult. It's going to have ups and flows. And and we talked about that uh, at length. The players that are out on the field can absolutely get it done. The players that we have at home. Um, now in the second leg, we, we will we will give everything to get it done. And I, I truly do believe we can still get it done. Texas baseball wins over Sam Houston State 7-5 last night. They're back home against Mercer this evening. Back to you. Okay, thank you. A group of women making change in a sport dominated by men. Leaders of the NFL believe the future looks a lot more female. They're creating opportunities for rising stars to get in the room. This year, all 32 teams attended the seventh annual NFL's Women's Summit during the NFL Combine. They invited 41 young women, the best of the best in their college programs, to meet the teams and help them turn their love of the game into careers. Coming up this morning, meet the future of the NFL's 
Today, Celebrities International Women's Day. Yes, it is. As we celebrate it. We kicked Tom off. We're like, <laughs> take the day off. Take the day off. We got this. I love that. I think that, you know, that's, that's inspiring to see. Because it it's intimidating, I'm sure, going into an all, you know, mostly male industry like that. Yeah, I think you got to be mentally tough, mm -hmm. too, right, to take that on. I love that. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast. Good Wednesday morning, halfway through the work week. We've got some very similar weather today. Day compared to what we had yesterday and watching a boundary though up to the north give Dallas Fort Worth a little bit of a stormy morning this morning. Those storms are going to stay to the north. They will not reach us here in Central Texas yet. Currently sitting at 68 degrees. Your humidity uh, pretty high. I mean we talked about this yesterday. The fact that we are unseasonably humid but also unseasonably warm. These temperatures should be running close to 20 degrees warm, uh, colder I should say but they're not. We've managed to stick with these really mild mornings. I don't even think you'll need the jacket with these kind of temperatures in those mid to upper 60s. Where are we going this afternoon? Well, I've got a forecast high of 82 degrees. That's going to be pretty close to where we were yesterday. We've got southeast winds, 5 to 15 miles per hour, and a mainly cloudy sky. Kind of like yesterday afternoon, I don't expect a whole lot of clearing. I think our sunshine will be very limited today. You're going to find a lot more of those puffy clouds out there than that big ball of fire. But the wildfire danger is also managing to stay in check because of that humidity. So we're not quite as dry. Our wildfire danger low to moderate across all of Central Texas for today. Humidity does start to change a little bit because of two different cold fronts. The first coming in tomorrow night into Friday and then the second Sunday, Monday. You can see those little dips here. So what are we talking about with the impacts? Well, your humidity is going to come down briefly behind each front. We're also going to look at maybe a little bit of rain too, one more than the other. And that first cold front, I think, is what's going to give us at least the chance of seeing some scattered showers, maybe even a few isolated storms starting late tomorrow night, late Thursday into early Early Friday morning. You can see that front sliding in here will give that a 40 to 50% chance of storms and showers. Clearing for your weekend. Saturday, just a mix of sun and clouds. Then Sunday, the second cold front is trending drier. So I've lowered your rain chances only at 10% for Sunday. I think if we get anything meaningful at all, it's going to come tomorrow night into Friday. And that could be anywhere from about a tenth of an inch to a half an inch. Isolated pockets is more if we get a heavy downpour to set up. So not everybody's going to get that meaningful widespread soaking, but we'll keep our fingers crossed that we can actually squeeze out well, as much as we can out of this front coming in for Friday. So seven day forecast shows 80s today and tomorrow. We briefly, and I'm talking a one-day deal of cooler temperatures, relatively speaking, in the 70s before your 80s get right back in here for the weekend. Breezy to windy conditions with that second cold front, a very low chance of rain right now, 10% at best. It'll keep us in the 70s to start next week. Your overnight lows in the 50s and 60s for most nights. A little cooler next Tuesday morning in the 40s. All right, thanks so much, Kristen. Today we can learn the identity of the woman rescued from a car that crashed into Lake Austin. We brought it to you as breaking news yesterday morning. The drivers, divers rather, found the car at Walsh Boat Landing after a 911 call for help. It turned into a recovery mode at that point. And when this type of call comes in, there is a special team I found out with the Austin Fire Department that goes out to help in these rescues. I have more on how the special battalion trains. When it comes to water rescues, mm -hmm. do you get called out very often? When it gets warmer, people are going to be out on their uh, kayaks, on their on their um, paddle boards, or just hanging out, swimming around in the water. And then our water calls definitely go up. 
And so because that's true, and we have several bodies of water around us, we decided as a department to serve the city best. We have rescue swimmer skills that we put our folks through. So to swim out, engage, pull them to the shore. Uh, we also have, uh, and in that same skill set, they also do what we call a shallow water dive. Uh, diving to go down, search for them, uh, to pull them out as well. When it comes to cars that do go into water, um, do you specifically train for that too? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, we do. We have a car prop built at one of our fire stations off 2222. As uh, just a side story, one of my friends said, hey, Todd, um, I have a car that I want to give away and uh, would y'all have any use for it? And at the time I was working in the special operations office and I said, you know what, let me ask. And so one of our lead swift water and rescue swimmer instructors, um, I said, hey, would you have any use for it? And he said, absolutely. And so they took the car, kind of hardened it, and then it's on a platform where they actually lower it into the water. And then we create like a river effect. And then wow. we put people inside the car and then you can basically speed up the way the water goes into the car. And so we do specifically practice water um, water in the car. I appreciate all you do. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, ma'am. Such important training they're doing. Yeah, it really is. And I thought it was fascinating that they have something like a simulator that they mm -hmm. can actually train with. Yeah, incredible. Arson investigators are looking for the person who set an historic black church in South Austin on fire. It happened late Monday night at the Goodwill Baptist near the Texas School for the Deaf. The fire started in the church's fellowship hall. And according to the church's pastor, Kevin Austin, freed slaves found at the Goodwill Baptist Church almost 120 years ago. Jayla Washington speaking with him to see how he plans to keep the congregation in good spirits. Boarding up windows to protect what's left inside of Goodwill Baptist. This whole area, yeah, all of this area. It's hard for senior pastor Kelvin Austin to see his church this way. My little boys. Charred pieces everywhere, glass windows in the sanctuary now burned just a little over 24 hours after the last Sunday service. I just, for the life of me, we've never had a crossword with anybody in the community. They've always been uh, encouraging, heartbreaking to know that somebody in this season would do something like that to, the, to God's house historical icon. Austin says the fire department put the fire out in about five minutes after it started around 1130 Monday night. Neighbors who pass by it every day can't think why anyone might do this either. I'm very sorry to hear that because I know that this church has great s s cultural significance for the neighborhood. Goodwill Baptist Church sits in what was formerly known as the Freedom Colony of Brackenridge. Slaves worked in the area in labor camps and on plantations. Now burned but not broken. Goodwill Baptist has more than $200,000 in total damages. And Pastor Austin is planning to do everything he can to keep his congregation in good spirits. When the unexpected shows up, I think that's the text we'll be using. We're going to be okay. Austin Fire wouldn't say what kind of incendiary device was used, but they did say there is now a criminal investigation taking place. The church's congregation is mostly elderly, so they're thankful that no one was there at the time. They'll be going back to virtual services for a while. The pastor says they plan to install security cameras. And going in depth here, attacks on houses of worship 
fall under the hate crime law. In fact, after a rise in hate crime attacks during the pandemic, Congress passed a law to allow states to create and operate hate crimes reporting hotlines. A recent case in Central Texas involves Franklin Seacrest, the San Marcos man facing multiple federal charges, accused of torching Congregation Beth Israel in Central Austin. This was back on Halloween. In 2021, a federal grand jury indicted him a year ago this month. Now, the most recent federal data that we have from 2021, it shows nationwide religion was the bias motivation third most often in hate crime attacks. There are more than a thousand counted that year or 13% of all attacks. Race, ethnicity, ancestry motivated attacks were the highest recorded and nearly two thirds of all hate crimes investigated. The feds have also taken up the task of increasing awareness of such hate attacks for first responders, particularly when houses of worship are targets. That includes building trusting relationships, learning about the community, needing protection, raising awareness of violent extremism, and sharing that information, partnering up with these faith communities and things of terror prevention drills or meetings and supporting security preparedness techniques as helping them set up a response plan if they need to for what to do in case of an attack in order to save lives. One senator is proposing new legislation that he argues will make healthcare more accessible. The Heal Texans Act would allow Advanced Practice Registered Nurses or APRNs to provide primary care without having to work under a physician. Under current law, they cannot diagnose illnesses or prescribe medications without a supervising doctor. The bill's author, El Paso Democrat Cesar Blanco, argues APRNs are already trained to provide that kind of care. I am alive and able to come and talk to you today because of the life-saving care I received from my nurse practitioner. The Heal Texans Act would allow nurse practitioners to continue to do the work that they have already been doing, just without the administrative barriers and the financial barriers of having a supervising physician. He says removing that requirement will fill health care gaps. The Texas Medical Association, though, worries patient outcomes could be impacted. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.